John Kasich wants Ohio to move at the speed of business, but privately. From the Battelle studio at WOSU at COSI, this is Columbus on the Record. Joining Mike Thompson this week, Joe Hallett, senior editor for the Columbus Dispatch. Joe Ingalls, statehouse reporter for Ohio Public Radio. Sam Gresham of Common Cause Ohio. And Michael Miller, attorney and former Franklin County prosecutor. It's the number one priority of new Governor John Kasich and the new legislature, privatizing and streamlining the State Department of Development. Saying the state's development effort has lost its focus, Kasich this week announced his plan to put private executives in charge of the state's effort to keep and attract companies. It will have a nine-member board of directors, with Governor Kasich serving as chairman. Some current programs handled by the department will be assigned to other agencies. The goal, says the governor, is to move at the speed of business. But the governor says at first it will be part public, part private, but he hopes to push it all private. Joe Hallett, first to the business aspects, what is this agency, this form of the agency, going to do that is not being done now with the current State Department of Development? Well, the new agency is just going to have a single-minded jobs focus, go after jobs and and retain them. And Governor Kasich said at his press conference Thursday that in just two weeks of office, he has learned that Ohio is under siege, that he's hearing from companies who are being wooed by other states, who uh, need uh, incentives to stay in Ohio, uh, to develop workforces and all that. And he says under the current development department structure, he doesn't have the tools to respond quick enough to help these companies. Um, And uh, so he's going to have a private board. Uh, He he will head it, and uh, it will be, as you said, quasi-public. There will be four public meetings a year, but he also said they'll go into executive session and uh, they'll put out an annual report. And I still think, and Mike might know the the answer to this, uh, the biggest problem has to do with constitutionality uh, about the the propriety of a private board handing out public money to various businesses. How, mu- how much can government do? In, this, in the news conference where they announced this, they mentioned the Mark Kavame, the, the new head of this, the venture capitalist who's the head of this, this effort. Th- he said that uh, one company was either threatening to leave or was leaving because they could get 30% lower labor costs outside of Ohio. No amount of tax cuts or regulation relief is going to make up that difference. Correct? Or? Yeah, but I, I, I think the capitalists play a game. And the game is to get my cost down as much as possible and get as many incentives on the table as possible. I, I think Ohio has enough competitive regional uh, attributes and natural resources that makes it competitive. And then the other thing is, I, I listened to what you said is, I hope he does not underestimate him being the chairman of this group that may fail what that really means if they're not successful and he's the chair. And the history is not very good. Jobs First, which is a national nonpartisan group, says did a research, a research on seven states, and they looked at seven states that had done this. None of them came out real well. They didn't improve jobs. They had a lot of scandals. And in the end, it didn't change anything. So I don't know uh, fundamentally what this is going to do. 
And one of the things I asked at the news conference that I think is important to uh, look at is how do you judge success? How do we know if Jobs Ohio is actually bringing jobs to Ohio? Or are those jobs that would have actually occurred naturally during the recovery that's been projected? We have seen that the revenues are coming in a little bit even higher than projected. And we know that those same projections have Ohio getting more jobs mm -hmm. at the end of this year, next year. So how do we know whether it's Jobs Ohio or the natural order of things? Well, I don't know that you're ever going to know, but uh, you put the spin on it that you want to spin on it, as, as we all know. But I think, uh, as Joe indicated, I, I don't know the constitutionality of it, but I, my guess is that uh, Governor Kasich and his aides have talked with people far more intelligent than I and back uh, with the background of this and decided that this is something they can do constitutionally. It would be very embarrassing to him to do this and have the courts say you can't. So I, I, I think it's a good thing to try. I mean, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but I applaud uh, an effort of his to do something different. Apparently, he, he maintains mm -hmm. that the current uh, situation, they've got 60, I think, out of 400 employees who are developed to the, uh, who are dedicated to the retention or development of jobs, and he's going to try and change that. And, and if it's successful, it's great. If it's not, it's not, and perhaps Joe will never know. But well, This proposal gets at the, at the heart of John Casey's fundamental view of the world. Uh, he uh, he puts his trust in business. Mm -hmm. uh, he believes that that business and creating jobs will solve uh, societal problems. Uh, he and his team don't have a lot of faith in government. Uh, they want to downsize government and privatize as much of it as they possibly can. And this is just the beginning. How about the the transparency aspects of this? There mm -hmm. are there, much much of their negotiations will take place privately. And in fairness, a lot of that happens now in private negotiations with companies with the State Department of Development. Uh, four, you mentioned Joe, four public meetings a year. He says this board would be a lot like a, a university board of trustees. The university board of trustees meet 12 times a year in public. And it's in, and it's in public. But typically, there are three things that happen with these types of things. Transparency is one, misuse of, uh, uh, of uh, state dollars, and then finally, conflict of interest. Um, the, the research and the review of these programs say all three of these things end up happening, and the greater the transparency, um, the least likely it is to happen, and the, the, the less the transparency, the more likely it is to happen. They say that these members of this board will will face or, or adhere to the same ethics standards, the state ethics code that university trustees or any board of commission member adheres to. To avoid conflict of interest, they'll recuse themselves from certain votes, that kind of thing. Well, we've seen that already. I mean, you know, how many lawmakers say they're going to follow that and then, you know, for one reason or another don't. So, uh, you know, there's it, it, that's that's great that, you know, they will do that, but um, you don't, you always have the rogue once in a while who might not act in the way that they should, and that's where the transparency comes in. I mean, we saw that with Tom Noe. One of, one of the things that uh, Governor Kasich wants to do, uh, he's indicated he wants to put uh, corporate CEOs on this board. Mm -hmm. And uh, that begs the question about whether there could be favoritism or uh, punishment involved in, in the awarding of, of tax breaks and grants and so forth to, to businesses, whether, whether uh, these CEOs might be inclined to favor uh, uh, a certain company or to punish a competitor. That's exactly right. But I, but I think that's a risk we have in government, don't we, Joe? I mean, isn't isn't it true in anything that you 
that you create something that perhaps somebody who's given you money uh, and, and so forth that you favor his or her business. I mean, I, I, I can't think. I don't think we should go into this thinking automatically it's wrong and automatically it's going to be abused and so forth. I think we ought to give him a chance and see what happens. I agree. There's a chance for some monumental uh, mistakes, but hopefully it won't happen. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, you know, we can't go into anything looking at it like it's wrong, but I think that's why reporters right now are questioning the sure. setup so sure. much. Um, we have seen issues with privatization in other areas of state government where it hasn't gone so well, and I think the reporters who were there at that time are the ones who are asking questions now about how it's going to be set up, how much transparency we're going to have, and, and those issues are important, and, and our state has seen it from experience. Mike, let me ask you a question, though. Putting yourself as the governor, as the chair of this committee, whether successful, mediocre, or a miserable failure, it, that's a political calculation somebody needs to really think about before you do that. Well, I think that's right, Sam, but I, I, I you know, we've got an individual who was elected how many times in Congress and now, now is the governor. I, I, I think he's aware of those things and <laughs> that it is a political risk. And a, but, but, I, I, but I think Joe's absolutely right. This is the way he views his role. Uh, he, he does not trust government. He does want big business, and he's, he's going to roll the dice, so to speak, and see what happens. Ted Strickland did the same thing. Turn around Ohio. Didn't turn around. John Kasich's governor. He wasn't the chairman of anything except for the for the state as a whole. He had plausible deniability, though. Yeah, didn't work. Let's get to our second uh, topic. New polls out this week measure Ohio's mood toward its new governor and his programs, as well as the state's future. A week into his job, Quinnipiac University finds that John Kasich only has a 30% job approval rating with 48% undecided. That's not really fair, you might say. It's still early, so we look at Ted Strickland's approval number just in his first week on the job. It was 45% back in 2007, with 43% undecided. Now, if you look deeper into these polling numbers from Quinnipiac University, it gets even more confusing. 61% are right with the governor. They are with him when he says, do not raise taxes to balance the budget. But half doubt that no new taxes pledge. 53% are right with the governor in saying that service cuts are the way to go. 51% oppose proposals to privatize the turnpike some pr in some prisons and putting limits on public employee unions' bargaining power. Joe Ingalls, the poll also found that 63% of Ohioans want their cake and they want to eat it too. Exactly. And is that a surprise? Is that really a surprise to anyone? I don't think so. I think what's really interesting, and we asked about this in, in the campaigns, uh, you know, about taxes. What is a tax hike? What is a tax cut? Um, you know, a lot of things uh, we can call them. Uh, fees, we can call them revenue enhancements, whatever. But it, a lot of times you find when you're cutting state government, and this has always been the case, that you cut something here and it affects something here. So therefore, your taxes might go down somewhat at the state level, but you're voting on a school levy to compensate for it. So, you know, a lot of it just depends on, on how we measure what a tax is and, and yeah. what a tax isn't. But, but getting beyond that, you know, it's interesting that everyone wants cuts, but when it comes to naming the cuts that you want, mm -hmm. no one wants any cuts. And mm -hmm. we saw that with the library issue with Governor Strickland. So there's nothing new here. It's, I think it's just a sign of the tumult this the yeah. state faces right now. Uh, overall, I, I did not think this was a good news poll for Governor Kasich mm -hmm. because it showed that um, Ohioans are opposed to a number of uh, plans he has. I mean, the 
primarily privatization. Uh, there's a lot of talk that, that this administration will try to maybe partially privatize prisons, uh, sell the turnpike mm-hmm. or, or lease the turnpike. Uh, we've already talked about the development department. And uh, down the line on issues like that, the, the poll showed that people are against that. It also showed that there's some support in this poll for public employee unions. I was surprised by that. I mean, he's really taken it to the public employees unions, but the majority, not a huge majority, but the majority of Ohioans were supportive of it. Right. They, they don't want him to dismantle collective bargaining. Right. And uh, so overall, I just thought if I were John Kasich and I was reading this uh, poll, I, I would not be happy with it. Another thing that stuck out at me was the estate tax. We have mm-hmm. John Kasich and all the Republicans saying, let's get rid of the right. estate tax. Yet in this poll, a majority of Ohioans say, eh, we're not so sure about that, especially if you're making above $300,000 a year, or $300,000 in the estate. I'm sorry. They kind of look at this stuff and they seem to be saying no to anything. Yeah. I mean, any concept, we're going to have taxes, no. All right, we're not going to increase taxes. Let's, let's look at uh, leasing the, uh, the freeway. No, we're not going to do that. Okay, well, let, let's look at maybe privatizing. No, we're not going to do that. And it just seems everything uh, that comes up with the answer is no. It's sort of like we used to talk about on the, uh, the, the things that come up uh, every election day on we're going to have a referendum here. It's a natural impulse for people to say no. Changes hard. And, and I think that's what we've got here. And I agree that uh, it doesn't look... Uh, John should not be real happy with these polls, but on the other hand, uh, I'm not sure it changes anything. It's just for the way the public looks at everything. We, we do want our cake and eat it, too. But, but these polls are perfect for one of the strategies I heard that that is being tossed around, and that's a pub- public initiative on uh, raising the income tax or sales tax. It, it makes logical sense as a result of reading these numbers. As a part of the, the budget package, we put some sort of initiative in there. The people voted down. We cut. If the people voted up, we keep the sales tax. Now, that's one of the rumors that's going around. These numbers support that idea because of the skipsoidness or the insecurities of the, of, of the electorate that you do something like that uh, to make it work. The poll did find that Ohioans are optimistic overall. I think close to 60% are optimistic about the state's future. Now, the glass half empty could be, can it get much worse than what we've had for the past few years? But. Um, I mean, they don't give him. They don't give John Kasich high approval ratings, but they they have confidence, or at least they're willing to give him a shot. As far as those optimistic numbers. Well, there's one thing. Uh, if if you know John Kasich, you know that he's not going to be impacted by this poll or any other poll. Uh, he believes he knows what has to be done to get this state back on track to bring jobs here, and he is going to go ahead full speed. Uh, and as he's often said, run over over anybody who gets in his way. So uh, I don't think he's going to lose any sleep over this poll. Looking ahead to 2012, Quinnipiac University also did a poll this week looking at President Obama's approval ratings here in Ohio and Sherrod Brown's approval ratings here in Ohio. The president has jumped up. He's at 48% approval right now, and 48% say he deserves another term. Sherrod Brown, 45% say he deserves a second term in the U.S. Senate. Mildly surprising, Mike, that uh, these these folks, after the the shellacking, to use the president's word, the Democrats took in November, that they've they've rebounded fairly well so far. Well, I I don't know, Mike. To me, projecting what's going to happen in 2012 is is almost an absurdity. I can remember uh, talking to a man who's on this panel today, and it wasn't you and it wasn't Joe, teasing me two years ago <laughs> I who when was. I walked in here after the elections came out in 2008 <laughs> as if that, uh, there was not another Republican in the world. And I said, you know, wait a minute, things can change. 
And indeed they did. I, I look at uh, the four, first George Bush. You know, I mean, it was we Republicans thought, well, this is a laydown second term. There's no, he was crushed. And uh, a lot can happen in, in uh, this, uh, the months to come, almost two years. So in, in a way, it, it surprised me, but in a way it didn't, particularly with the president, because I think even people who dislike his policies and so forth like him personally. And, so. you know, one thing to remember here is remember what Governor Strickland's uh, popularity rating was in the polls last spring? Mm-hmm. I mean, he was way ahead of John Kasich last spring. Mm-hmm. Look how yeah. it ended. And we've seen uh, President Obama morph into President Clinton mm-hmm. uh, in his second term already, you know, more conciliatory with Republicans. He's even brought in a lot of Clinton's top advisors, and uh, we'll... We'll see a more moderate president in, in the next two years. I think there was one piece in that poll that was a little bit disturbing, and I think he should go back and read it. Fifty-three percent of independents yeah. were not supporting the president. And I think if you look at that number, I'm wondering, uh, that left-leaning independence or right-leaning independence or what type of independent that was. Sherrod Brown had 46% of whatever type of independence it was. And I think uh, Mike is right. 2011, is etern- 2011 2012 is an eternity. Uh, and there are lots of things that could go wrong. But Michael, I also told you that I thought uh, Barack Obama was not a liberal, but a, a moderate, pragmatic politician. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Joe, I think I've been proven right on that. Mm-hmm. He does do what it takes to win. Mm-hmm. And he's doing what it takes to win right now. So we'll see. Okay, let's get to our third topic. That lobbyists donate money to the campaigns of state lawmakers and candidates is not a surprise, but the amount of money they donate may raise an eyebrow or two. The watchdog group Ohio Citizen Action found that lobbyists gave about $2.6 million to legislative and statewide candidates during the last two-year legislative session. But the state does not track lobbyist contributions specifically. It only tracks when those lobbyists take lawmakers to dinner or buy them gifts. Sam Gresham, should we limit or better police the contributions that lobbyists give to lawmakers and candidates? I think it's the most corrupting aspect of our electoral process and the portion of our, our democracy. First, co- kudos to Catherine Turcher for doing the work that proves this. From Ohio Citizen Action. But historically, what's new here? There's nothing. It's been play-to-pay since day one. It's still play-to-pay. That's the sad part is the silent majority, which are Working class people and poor people can't afford lobbyists. Therefore, you see the reflection in the legislation that's passed. Uh, The sad part is it'll take us 150 years, but Michael, I'll make a promise today, (laughs) 150 years from now, uh, public uh, support of campaigns will dominate, and there will be no more private support because people are getting fed up with the corruption. And, And the question is, how do I, as a little guy, get what I need, and is government responsive to the masses of people? And I think unequivocally the answer on both accords now is no. Is it much different, Michael, than it was 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago even? Well, I, I don't think date, so. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I agree with Sam in some respects. I wish we, we didn't have any of this. But there is a constitution, and the U.S. Supreme Court basically says, this is free speech and we can't control it. I don't like that, but that's what they say, and, and, and we're stuck with it. But I, I don't know about the little guy doesn't get his uh, his lobbyist either. I think I read in there were 45% of all the millions and millions and millions were given, were given by labor unions. Now, I, I uh, you know, it seems to me that they're representing people that they're, they're certainly not the corporate big ones. I'm not in the union. Uh, no, nor am I. <laughs> but but I, 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 I wish we could do away with all of it, but I don't think constitutionally we can. I don't think it's very practical. There. 
state government spends $25 billion a year. There are 90 lobbyists for every legislator, and their job is to get a piece of that. And they will do it by hook or by crook, and the main way they do it now is not by whining and dining, but through fundraisers. And uh, we saw that so-called hired gun lobbyists, those not associated with an association or a labor union, but primarily independents, gave $2.3 million over the last two years yeah. to state house politicians. That money buys access. Should, Citizen Action I mean, did a very nice job cross-checking who gave what, but there's no separate accountability for the lobbyist. Would that help? Would it, does the system, because it's all public and it's all open, does it work now? It doesn't work. I mean, I, I don't think we see things that work exactly, um, if we want to hold that standard. But, um, you know, it's the system that we have. And, you know, it's a point, I, I, at some point it becomes a, uh, incumbent upon voters and upon the public to actually start doing a little bit of um, looking beyond what they see, what they hear. And, you know, a 30-second ad cannot tell the story. You've got to look beyond that. So, um, you know, maybe uh, people might take notice at some point and say, you know, I, I want to be a little bit more responsible when I cast my vote and I'm going to check into all the aspects of whatever the issue or the candidate is. We're going to get to our last topic here. The longest-serving Ohio Supreme Court justice is maintaining his maverick streak. Paul Pfeiffer says the document that guides him and other justices is, quote, a mess, cluttered with amendments on casinos and livestock standards. He also called for the abolishment of the death penalty and increased transparency in campaign contributions. Mike Miller, a simple majority of Ohio voters in a special election in an off year can change the Ohio Constitution. Should it be a little bit more difficult than that? Oh, I think so. I, I agree with Justice Pfeiffer in, 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 in generality that we don't want to be like California and have all these amendments constantly going on. It, it should be harder. Uh, I, I disagree with him on some specifics, like the death penalty. Mm -hmm. I don't know how we can say we should throw out the casino stuff and throw out the, the cattle thing or whatever it was. <laughs> and yet, by the way, now we're going to do that. Let's put on an amendment prohibiting capital punishment. That seems to be uh, you know, working at opposite ends. Uh, but I do think the Constitution of, of Ohio should be a little more sacrosanct, and it should be much more difficult to change it. And it's just not as we've seen that by the casino stuff recently. And uh, so in, in principle, I agree with him. What would a campaign to, to amend the Constitution, to make it harder to amend the Constitution, be like? <laughs> it would be on it would be on America. <laughs> That's the first response that it would be. Yeah. Because it, I, I agree with Michael on this, and I agree with your initial statement. It is too easy. And the other thing that bothers me is they disrespect the Constitution. Why would you want to put casinos in the Constitution? Well, we because you can't. Sam is the only way they can get along. I, I think in the years before when the election when that lost, a lot of people say we don't want mess with the Constitution to right. do this. But I think the economy is probably what led to the, the decision on these casinos last time anyway. Well, we, we've seen what happens to uh, constitutions that are easily amended. It's, it's happened in California, which is basically an un ungovernable state now. Yes. Uh, you know, we have a uh, Republican system. This is a representative democracy. We trust our representatives to act in our, in our best interest. Maybe that's a stretch, but when citizens start to collectively pass laws by themselves, who you know, or amend the Constitution so easily, 
we get stuck with a lot of things we don't want, mm -hmm. and, and I agree with Mike. It's far too easy in this state to amend the Constitution, and if we have a, new, a constitutional convention, who knows what will happen yeah. in that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there were a couple of efforts last year that didn't make it onto the ballot because they didn't collect the hundreds of thousands of signatures needed to get it onto the ballot. So it's not. It might be easy. In rel easy is a relative term, I guess. We can, we can well, if you have the resources, it's easy. Yeah, the resources and the casinos had the resources, as we know. Let's get to our final off-the-record parting shots. Michael Milley, you're up first. Well, I just listened to Joe uh, report she had a day on, uh, on OSU Radio dealing with the uh, fact mm -hmm. that come uh, next uh, next month, I believe, Governor Kasich is going to have his first uh, uh, chance to grant or not grant clemency for the Philip and Cleveland to kill three people. And uh, if I were that fellow, I wouldn't be counting on it. Okay. <coughs> Sam? I think um, Ohio State's basketball team will end the season at number one. Number one. Will they go undefeated? I'm not going to jump on that band. <laughs> I said number one. All right. They rank one, no, one now. Uh, Joe? He's cautiously optimistic. I think we're going to hear a lot more about transparency in the uh, coming weeks as this development department's been put together. We know that uh, this week 99%, not 100% of resumes were released, and that's kind of caught the ire of some of the people watching the State House. So watch for transparency to be a, a top-shelf uh, issue. Okay. And Joe? If legislative Republicans succeed in killing collective bargaining, not only will they kill public employee unions, they will kill the Democratic Party of Ohio, which gets its competitiveness, competitive edge or advantage from money given by public employee unions. Okay. My final comment, congratulations to Columbus on the Record panelist, Republican strategist Terry Casey, was named by Governor Kasich to chair the State Personnel Review Board. We in the WOSU newsroom were betting that he would be put on the Ohio Railroad Development Commission because of his great support for extending passenger rail throughout the state of Ohio, but unfortunately he was put on a, a different commission. So, Anyway, that is Columbus on the Record for this week. We urge you to check us out online. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We also have streaming video of every episode, so if you, if you miss us on a Friday night or a Sunday morning, you can check it out at our website, wosu.org slash cotr. For our crew here at WOSU at COSI and for our panel, I'm Mike Thompson. Have a good week.